You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome, audience, to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. How do you like that name, Nate? Oh, I love it, brother. You know why I call it Out of the Blank? No, why? Because I'm having these conversations with people, and I'm such a random individual, and the people I... You know, everything's different, so we can talk about aliens, we can talk about whatever you want. Oh, Jesus, man. But to set the basis here, I am here with Nate Bowers. What do you do as a career? Man... Kind of two things, like main job for you know money and everything. I do expo over at a place called Full Moon, but also play music on the side, and make the extra money. Now, when you say expo, what is that? Uh, expedite. It's like the last step in the kitchen of any restaurant. Like they, there are people who make the plate look pretty, send it, or you know get the servers to pick it up and take it out to the people. I deal. That's not that's not like something you truly want to obviously delve into a little exactly. bit more. You're just kind of doing that to get, get you through what you're kind of exactly just pay the to, bills. Pretty much, it pays the bills. It does what you know. It just gets the money in, but the passion's always music. Passion's always music. All right, cool. Because that's something I can relate to with my family being uh, musically inclined. Oh yeah, your brother obviously, Marla, all of them. Obviously, down here, everyone is like has like it seems like this is like a music town, mostly just because of the cultures around here. It's like bar scenes and all this. It's like the average place for a startup for a musician if you're really gonna try and make it somewhere. Oh, definitely, definitely. But what what was your inspirational passage? Did that did that come was it, that something you always had as a little kid, like being one of be a rock star or was it like i know your dad's a drum or a bass player mm-hmm. so it's like was the music influence from him because it seems like a lot of what develops a person's like characteristics through life it's human imprinting yeah pretty much uh you know growing up me and my brother both uh we would always go to my dad's band practices as you know young little kids running around wreaking havoc and everything but it was always you know my dad and my two uncles and everything so a huge inspiration and then, you know, as the years progressed, you know, my dad was always trying to get me and my brother to play music. Got us an acoustic guitar and everything when we were like seven years old. Didn't know how to play a lick of it. We thought we were, you know, just strumming along, just having fun with it. Then later on in the years, really developed to, you know, wanting to pick it up and learn it for real. And around like the age of 12, 13 years old, saved up enough money and got a little crappy Walmart guitar. Like those first act guitars. Oh yeah, like yeah. Those are god awful guitars, in my opinion. But it's like buying a Walmart skateboard. It's it's it, basically just wood. Exactly. It's not even the good wood. It's like the stuff you it's get. Like balsa like, wood or yeah. something. <laughs> balsa wood's actually pretty good. I think. I think it's more like that cardboard wood where you like bang on the ground and the board doesn't bounce, especially <laughs> with like a skateboard. Mm-hmm. My first instrument from Walmart. I did buy a Walmart instrument. Was a keyboard, and the second one was an accordion because I wanted an accordion. What? They sold an accordion, and I was playing <laughs> it in the store. My grandfather was like, "How much is it?" I'm like, "It's like fifteen bucks." He's like, "I'm gonna get you that just because I know it's gonna piss off your brother." I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, perfect." Yeah, dude. Like those Walmart guitars or just any instruments, they're not the best quality. Obviously, I mean it's Walmart, but it definitely uh, got me, you know, to. Start learning how to play and figuring out little methods and everything. It's the baby steps. It's exactly. the training wheels, basically. I mm-hmm. mean, it's to see if the kid wants to stick with it and actually enjoys doing that. 
And I mean, when it comes to playing guitar, now, is that the instrument you wanted in the beginning? Was that the one you wanted? What was the main instrument you really wanted to dive into? Honestly, whatever I could get my hands on when I was that young. Oh, you're that, you're that into music where it's like... Mm, I just want to try everything. Like, uh, try to do like little keyboards and stuff like that too. Uh, guitar, bass. I was also trying to do drums, but my dad was like, eh, no, 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 no. We need something that has, you know, volume knob for you. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, pretty much any kind of instrument, but just guitar just felt natural. Like, out of everything else I tried to, like, dive into, guitar just felt like, I don't know, it was like breathing in a sense. Like, it just felt right. And that's cool that you have that, because, like, my family being having this, like, giant, you know, passion for it, and me not having it as much, I feel like I'm more connected with my words in a way. Just because I, I, I can't, when it comes to playing an instrument, if you tell me what to hit, I can do it. I can do a memorization and like learning it and like getting in like a pattern type thing. But when it comes to writing it, I, it, it, I don't find my musical, I don't find I have the really talent to create up with the creative passion or inspiration really to music wise. I feel like my more reach is with my words hmm. and speaking. Like, Obviously, for you, you probably love. I love the. I even love the writing down or the writing process of making music and creating something. But I think I like the idea of creation in general. Oh yeah, definitely. The spark of having like anything that you write, anything you think of, anything you say, any words you reach for, any sentence you do is it's creating it. It's now written in stone. Everything I'm saying is being, you know. Even if it's been said before, it's using multiple different words and things that my brain is thinking up. I think that's, like, awesome. It's like having a furnace, and then you're constantly feeding it. It's like, it's it's creating something, whether it's art, you know. You're looking at architecture, all these beautiful buildings, you know. Nature is one, the world is one giant art piece. And, like, it's like that, I don't want to get corny, but that stupid canvas uh, thing, or the stupid motto, or... Uh, saying where the world's your canvas you know paint it how you want but it's like if that's for real what it is and a lot of people don't even take the graphs to realize like we're all living in one giant art piece basically pretty much my man and that's how like i don't know everyone should just view it what regardless of what your talent may be like some people you know actually do like doing art like you know drawing pictures like for you it's you know these podcasts articulating your words and everything and then there's people who like music. Like it's all part of the same giant campus, I guess you would say. Much like how um, people like to express their emotions in their work, like creative, like mind and genius. When it's either it's writing, drawing, producing music. When you listen to music, I know you probably see it how I see it. Where I'm looking at, it, I don't see if a song is good. I don't see if a song is bad. I see the work that was put into it. And like it's someone's, it's someone's, yeah, it's someone's emotion, feelings. It's how they can make you feel in a certain song. We've all, what's a song for you that you can think of where, you know, it'll get you pumped up or it'll get you like in a mood like, ah, oh, yes. Oh, that's an easy question, man. Pink Floyd, Shine On You Crazy Diamond, dude. I mean, it's a long freaking song, 13 minutes long, but every aspect. That's most of, of Pink Floyd. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. That song in particular, like, it's just beautiful work of art. Like, it starts off, like, very quiet, mellow, then builds into, like, this whole symphony style, like, towards the middle, then calms you right back down there. Yeah. It takes you on a roller coaster ride, basically. It really does, man. You know, it's it's a lot, a lot of people, like, they're always like, oh, you know, you don't really get the true inspiration of music unless you're, like, you're high or you're... 
Why can't you be high on life and be enjoying the song, dude? I've had a song where I'm driving home pissed off or something stupid that got me upset throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And then I, I just hear, you know, like one song I can say, The Expendables, Music Move Me. It's about... You know, turning up the, you know, windows up, speakers, uh, or no, speakers up, windows down, dancing in the living room like nobody's around. Like, those types of lyrics, not even if you're listening to the lyrics. I've heard, um, I, I take a music appreciation class um, this semester, and like, it's at 9 a.m., early as crap. And he's playing all these music, like, there was like this one that was nothing but chopped up video game mixes. Even though it's really? not like... From like '90s classic games like Arcadia and Donkey Kong, like dun 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 dun, dun, dun and then the Super Mario theme, but dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> nice. but it's like all technoed out too. And I'm like, even though this isn't something I'd be like, I don't need to listen to that. I'm enjoying it because I'm like, it's different. Someone made this. Exactly. Someone took the time to you know put this is someone's creative art. I see like it's like when you see a craftsman making something. That's something that came out of their mind, and you know they found a way to do it. It's a lot of people are like. Oh, that music sucks. I don't think any music sucks. It all I depends believe, on your, you know, perspective of it. Obviously, the music wasn't meant for me if I don't like it. It's exactly. meant for somebody else. You know, someone else is going to be like, that's my favorite song. I'm like, you like the Wiggles intro? Hey, man, don't be dissing the Wiggles. <laughs> don't diss the Wiggles. <laughs> Come on, man. That's our childhood. But right it's now. like, even after a while, Sesame Street, the theme song, gets, uh, you know, it upsets me a little bit. Like, I have a little nephew, and he's listening to, like, Barney sing the same thing. I love you. You love me. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> does he know another, like, another lyric? Or is it that one? Is the, is the, is the tape stuck in the player, and it's on repeat? <laughs> it's just on loop, brother. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he loves it. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's obviously not meant for me. But it's not like... I'm against it. I understand, like, you know, it just depends on how you want to look at everything, which is how you want to really look at the world. And the fact that you got, you know, you're listening to Pink Floyd. I mean, have you ever experienced into the drug side? Obviously, Obviously we all have delved into mm -hmm. it. But what's the farthest you've really gone? The farthest I've really gone is, you know, like, psychedelics and everything. Like, some shrooms, acids. Do you like enjoy that. those? Uh, it's very rare when, you know, I... Go out and you know. Well, I'm not saying you're an like, avid user. Oh, Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. none of us do anything illegal. But <laughs> at, at the same time, like you know, I would never try marijuana. Never. But like, I I'm just interested because like I I did notice like it's not saying I needed it to understand the music, but it gives you another perspective on life in a way. It really does. Um, Especially when, you know, psychedelic music like that. Like, if you dabble into that stuff, I ain't sitting there saying, hey, go out, buy some shrooms, trip, and all that stuff. No. But it does give you a different uh, aspect of, like, the whole, like, you feel a little different about the song, regardless of what music it is, actually. It doesn't it have could, to just be about music, either. It oh, yeah, it could be anything. artwork, uh, a Especially movie. when you're tripping on shrooms, the world takes you probably on a little ride. I've never done any acid or anything mm. like that. Um just because I, my mind, I always felt like at the time would always go to bad thoughts and things like that. I'm like, you can't do that. It reminds me of the movie Dewey Cox where he gets chopped in half with a machete. Oh, he's tripping LSD. <laughs> exactly. He's tripping LSD with the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, my mind couldn't throw me into the Beatles realm. It would throw me into some dark spiral. I'm like... Well, as long as you're still in a trippy cartoon, I guess it's all right. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but so, no, nah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, if you're having... Like, if you... Feel like you descend like more to darker thoughts. Obviously, don't try to you know 
do mind-altering stuff because that's how people get really messed up. Well, I believe it's like, you know, a lot of people say, um, like, if you're going to smoke pot or something, you want to wait till your brain's fully developed and all this stuff. Yeah, around the That is true because, like, I did it at a young age and stuff, and I, I sort of realize now, like, there's certain stuff that's still lingering even though I haven't done it in a while. And it's not, I don't have anything against it, but it's like a... It, a lot of drugs like that that um have like a ton of like it's like peyote and all that type of stuff. Oh. I'm not comparing those together. <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying like they're they're meant to, you know, change your um your your passions. It feels like it's a meant to kind of release your inner demons in a way or your mm-hmm. or like come to light some things. Especially with pot, a lot of people are like I realize this and on DMT a lot of people are like I realize this and it's like the same thing. You can get that same damn feeling from having a moment in your life where you're like everything's awesome like exactly you don't need drugs for that like you can walk outside like right now like yeah it's cold but if you walk outside and just look at the surrounding nature it's enough to you know kind of give you that high on life feeling but right now you know it's freezing so don't go outside and just stand there for like three hours looking at a tree don't do that yeah wear a jacket if you are going to though like i mean you can stare at the sun for a while too it's just gonna hurt You're going to be seeing spots afterwards, depending on how long you stare. But it's like, what I'm focused on, like, this is a good question I always ask everyone. And I'm glad we got, we kind of got to it right off the bat, too. And it's, um, have you ever had a transcendental moment or like an epiphany type moment? I've, um, it's like a moment in your life where you're like, everything kind of becomes clear. And it's, it, you've had it multiple times in your life, actually. Like, I, I can experience it when I just go outside with a nice coffee and it's you feel the coldness in the air, but taking the time to be like, ah, like just take a deep breath and feel that cold warm. air hit your lungs. And then like in my mind, I picture my lungs and just filling up with like that icebreakers commercial, like it's ice, <laughs> like moments like that. Like when I'm like kind of upset or not feeling well and I'm driving or something and I'm just like, just like I need something to think about. I just think back that moment and I kind of relax and be like, everything's all right. Um, yeah, honestly, it doesn't even take the, you know, drugs to do, or, you know, to feel that type of way. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. been multiple times, you know, you wake up and you just, you know, when you had that calmness and everything, not even necessarily go outside, you just wake up and you're just in a kind of a state of zen from, you know, being rested and everything. And you just take that one deep breath and you just feel everything's good. Everything will be okay today. If you can have more moments of that in your life, I believe the world will be a hell of a lot less stressful. On not on you, but on on everybody, everyone that's <laughs> around you. Basically, amen to that. When you come out with a certain calmness, like we both have this calm vibe right now, you know, you can probably sense that in the room. Someone came in here, like yo, these two are just about chilling. to. Yeah, they're chilling, and you know, their minds are flowing right now. We got one drinking monster and one drinking coffee. It's like well, all that caffeine, brother. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's like. You know, we're all, like, in a society, I feel like we're all, like, walking around with blinders on a little bit. I've talked about it multiple times, but, like, I, I, I'm real interested in my, one of my hobbies, like, it's topics and stuff now, is, like, I like looking into psychology a little bit more and feeling like that's more of my passion of what I want to delve into. Obviously, your passion's got to be music, in a way. Oh, yeah. It's always that. Is that something you want to do? Like, you want to be a rock star? Is that... No, I'm not... I know that sounds like... I'm making fun of it or I'm poking oh, yeah. at it in a way, but it's not, it's, I, I understand it because I know people that, you know, want to do that and that that's their, everything they want to take like stepwise is for that, you know, going out to gigs at two in the morning, calling people, you know, setting things up, getting rejections, you know, putting their flyers up or putting stickers up around town, you know, sticker bombing and all that. 
Yeah, um, as far as, like, you know, the cliche rock star, that's not mainly what I try to go for. Like, if the music could pay the bills, that would be awesome. But that whole, you know, rock star life, that 28, about hit 30, like, in two years and stuff like that. Again, I'm already feeling too old for that stuff. It's just, you know, that's a young yeah. man's game at, at this point in time. Like the uh, band I wouldn't say music's a young man's game because you got Mick Jagger up there looking like a, a, a lady's yeah, purse, but <laughs> dancing like a mofo. Oh yeah, but he's also been doing it since he was a young man. Yeah, so yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he's already, you know, he's freaking Mick Jagger. Okay, he could do whatever well, yeah. he wants. <laughs> you can't, com- but you can't compare yourself to a Steven Tyler or someone like that. I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying. You know, it's a lot easier to develop music back then than I think it is compared to now. Oh, yeah, there's so much So much shit is out here now. It's ridiculous. But by shit, I just mean so much stuff. There's so much volume of everything. Like, you always think of, like, what are they going to think of next? They already thought of this. They already thought of that. They already thought of this. Like, there's nothing else to think of. And the next thing you know, there's five things. You're like, how did I ever live without this? You're like... Who keeps coming up with more shit? Elon Musk, obviously, but like <laughs> music-wise, there's so much being created, and there's still it's still ever growing. But it's like with the the trends and all this stuff that we're dealing with, it's like we're I feel like in a way we're getting everything's getting thrown back into society, and everything's getting tossed out and turned into something new. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing either, because you got to figure, uh, you know the old saying, if it's uh, not broken, don't, don't try fix to fix it. Yeah. But at the same time, just because something's not broken doesn't mean it cannot be, be enhanced. Fixed. Or improved, yeah. Exactly. But, so that's what most of this music, like, not just music, but like everything, It's everything's pretty much already been done. Now we're at that stage where we're just trying to, you know, take it to the next level, try to get a little better. Society's obsessed with advancing. It's we've mm-hmm. always been like that. Same thing. Why they'll never they'll never stop being progression. Nope, they'll never, never stop being war. They'll never stop being anything like that. Because society, whether it's male or female characteristics, we all have this genetic it, installed in our DNA, like biological factor, where we just want to grow. We just want to be doing all this stuff. Like we constantly want to improve everything. We want to. We see something we don't see that. It, as being perfect we see the flaws but we notice that we can also improve on them in a way too exactly you know it's it's funny how you can compare you know technology how we've gotten to these giant ass big ass phones from small phones like little handheld ones to how they were before that when they were the big things like microwaves that you didn't want to stick up to the side of your head because of radiation exactly not your brain right out of your ears it's like we're, <laughs> we're throwing it back we're bringing things from big to small to big again well that's because we discovered we can watch porn on these things yeah, and like video games. I mean, how many people have the probably Angry Birds or something downloaded on their phone and they just sit at work I'm and play that? Yeah, I'm guilty of it too. I think I've downloaded every version they have of it. Hey, it's fun, man. And Screw it's, them pigs. It's, it's, yeah, right. And it's fun. Like it's it's just a, it's cool to think like just because there's one version of it, there's also multiple other versions out of it. Like some people hear some music that some guy created, the original piece, the OP, you would say. Exactly. But then they see it and they're like, I'm going to remix it my way. And then they remix it and then someone else finds that better than liking the original song. And you can't look at it as like, they're taking my music. Dude, they just made your music acceptable to someone that thought it was shit before. Exactly. Someone that didn't like it because it had a rock vibe to it, turned it into a techno vibe, and maybe it, it ruined the pure essence of what you're trying to make out of it, but isn't really the pure point of the music being like, hey, 
you know? Trying to advance it's it. It's still you. Exactly. It's your words. It's your song. You created it. Someone just took it and wrapped it in their own vision. Now, as long as, you know, the person who originally created it is getting gives there. It, can, gives the credit to it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's all it should be about. Is, yeah. I know a lot of people are about, you know, oh, I want my money. But yeah. if someone ever, say, like, songs I've made in the past, if someone ever found one and, you know, I don't know, just, like, twist it a little bit. Like, I could care less about it if they make money off it. As long as I get the recognition, like, hey, he originally wrote this stuff. You know, um, Steven Tyler uh, laid down, like, the music, um, like, the, the, the basically the corruption in the music industry. And you know how he got all those rock stars, like, how they would sign these contracts on these labels and stuff, and they wouldn't get really any money out of any of the songs or money that was being... Oh, yeah, the record label would get it all. But you know how they did it? I couldn't tell you. He laid it down. He said they drug him up. Or they get them, like, drunk or something. They get them, like, doped up kind of in a way. So you just agree to it. Like, we're going to make you all this money and you're not, you know, this is what's going to happen. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get but the contracts say something completely different. Well, yeah, that <laughs> and the fact that they get, yeah, they get the money that was promised. But they could be making way, way, way more. That company takes a big check. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like how in the government we have a death tax. When you die and you leave somebody money, Uncle Sam gets a piece of which is rude. I Which mean. is messed up. <laughs> Trump's actually trying to fix that where we don't have the death tax and all that. But it's like, hmm. at the same time, why? If I'm dying and leaving somebody, like, let all my money, up, just let why should money. Uncle Sam have his greedy hands in his pocket? But eh, Fat Daddy always wants a piece. Fat Daddy always mm -hmm. wants a piece. And you gotta look at the record label, just like how we look at uh, all those little banking cartoons, those political cartoons you see in newspapers yeah, yeah, yeah. a big fat guy and you know, it's all bloated and he's got money like over sticking out of every like orifice of his body yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you gotta look at record labels too mm -hmm. there are some good ones out there but a lot of them are bands like like slightly stupid has their own record label stupid uh, records. tool also has their own exactly it's like those bands that hire people and they're actually looking for the essence of music you know slightly stupid got started when bradley noel went to their high school the singer of sublime went really? to their high school and found those two you know one of the slightly stupid singers is actually both of them the main ones kyle and miles are both um wrestling coaches really at a high school oh. imagine you're wrestling some dude and next thing you know your freaking uh, coach is the singer of Slightly Stupid, a famous reggae band that's known for smoking massive amounts of pot on stage. And somehow still able to, you know, work at a school. <laughs> and that's probably the one wrestling team that doesn't have to take a piss test. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably do. They just exclude uh, one variant. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is like... Oh. This is our elite athlete. Uh, give him <clears throat> straight A's and he pisses like water. Aquafina. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> But it's crazy to think about how, like, you know, like, there's, it's these, first of all, we got off on a huge tangent on the fact that sport athletes, they're definitely those kids that get straight A's because of how good they play. You can't tell me that. Oh, but yeah. At the same time, when you're looking at how, like, you know, record label companies and all these, everybody wants it. It seems like the governments, it, the world feels like it's corrupt in a way, but you can't look at it like that. There are good outlets to it, man. Like when you turn on the news and you're always seeing bad stuff, there's always that that one little light you kind of got to look for where it's like something good happened in the day, like a baby was saved or something. Exactly. Like, a uh, person got a cat out tree type deal. It's pretty much yin and yang at that point. But the media and all that stuff, they thrive off, you know, scaring the hell out of you. That's what they do. It's 
it, for some reason, we're drawn to, you know, the screwed up nature, and we're just like, I don't know, you turn on the news, it was like 14 babies shot in the face. It was like, what the hell happened? But if you hear, you know, something positive, you turn away from it. I, it's kind of a weird psychological thing that we, as humans, we just love chaos for some reason. Everyone tries to, you know, say, oh, no, no, I want peace, I want peace. It's like, yeah, but if you saw that news title, you would be glued to your damn TV. Well, like I said, what what do humans love to do? We love to build, create. And destroy. Well, yeah, we like to build, destroy, and then we like to keep doing that over and over again. We're stuck in a cycle and a loop. We've done it multiple times, you know? For centuries. It reminds me of the scene from Futurama where, like, it's the year 2000, and then he gets frozen, and then it goes a thousand years into the future, and you're seeing the aliens came, destroyed everything. Mankind built it back up again in the old way, then destroyed it, and built it up with skyscrapers, and then aliens came back again, destroyed it all over again. It doesn't matter if it's the world or if it's an extraterrestrial being or if it's ourselves that destroy ourselves. Where mankind is forced to be on this never-ending loop. You know, uh, they say uh, that when the dinosaurs died out, you know, the meteor and all that type stuff, there was a ringing on this earth for a million years. Like a ringing. Imagine a constant hum. Just constantly, don't. Just in there, like, Because the earth mind. got hit so hard, it literally cracked. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. That's just ridiculous. It, that it to rang. cause that much rain for a mill. Like, for, like seriously, imagine if you were alive and that shit was happening. Like, ah, like, oh my god. You probably end up getting so used to it, but it's like... You'll be deaf for the rest of your life. Maybe that you... was the first music. The first note. The first I wonder note. if it was an A or a C. I wonder what <laughs> the freaking note of the earth being shattered and cracked was. We're going to have to smoke on that one later. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, We'll figure that one Put out. That's, that'll be next time. Put it on the toke list. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, um, what do you think? It's like, you know, we were, this, all the countries that we are all divided in some way, it's like, we were all connected at one point called Pangea. Mm-hmm. And exactly. And suddenly it just all separated. Hey, man, like, that's how, like, all the continents, if you put them all together, it's really like a damn puzzle piece. It's kind of crazy that way. And that's the same process with creating music. Amen to that. I can't tell if we're on a, like a uh, like a mental journey right now, and we're just taking all these people into like realizations. Like, all they're doing is stating facts, but it's so true. It's like, why are we still listening to this? Why am I alive? <laughs> no, but it's like it's crazy, man. Like every like you know, just listening to a song and hearing like the guitars a puzzle piece, the drums are a puzzle piece, you know. And it's everyone's throwing their. I like to think of it like everyone's a chef. And you're all on stage, and the stage is your kitchen. And what you're doing is the audience is your like your 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 taste tester for a restaurant. I'm going to use this metaphor for you. There we go. So it's like you're all throwing your own spice in the mix, and you all come up with this dish, and you got to make sure that not at the same time that you enjoy it, but at the same time, if you don't enjoy it, your audience isn't going to enjoy it. Exactly. If you're not vibing on stage, you're not having fun. Like, so you got a you, scowl on your face the entire time, looking like you'd rather be anywhere else. You can sense the tension. Like, I interviewed a band recently, um, the Swell Fellows, and mm-hmm. I was talking to them about, you know, vibing together. And you got to bring that on stage with you, too. You can't just, you know, if you're with a band, like, if you noticed um, the documentary uh, for Red Hot Chili Peppers on their album, Stadium Arcadium, like, you could sense there was, you know, tension between Anthony Kiedis, especially when you see live at the Slane Castle, the DVD when they played at Slane Castle, there was tension on stage that you could sense between John Frusciante and Anthony Kiedis. And then not even a couple months later, it comes out 
that, you know, John left because of Anthony couldn't handle any more of his bullshit. And it's like all this stuff. Mm. And it's like there was drama on both ends. But in the in the Stadium Arcadium documentary, it was um, John sitting with Chad and then Flea sitting with Anthony. Like they were separated. They weren't all in the same room talking. They were all in different rooms explaining different songs on the track and everything. Because they had to be separated at that point because it just couldn't... Well, it's like when you have that little drama right there and you bring it out on stage, you can still sense it. Even though they both kind of tried to hide it pretty well on stage, you could tell someone was like the tension's there. You can sense that. Now, I'm saying if you go into a gig, you're about to go up on stage, play guitar, but you're having problems with the drummer. Mm-hmm. What happens if he decides in the middle of the thing to skip a note or do something or speed it up a little bit? And next thing you know, you're trying to keep up and messing up all over the place, and the audience is getting a bad reaction of the music. Well, pretty much when that type of issue happens, you just gotta roll with it. Like it's that you old gotta, saying. Yeah, you gotta vibe it out. But it's still like after that concert, you're, gonna, you're either gonna be like, "Hey, man, what the fuck," or you're gonna be like, you know, that you know, whatever. You're gonna try and ignore it. And then what happens if it happens again, man? Exactly. Then you gotta think about kicking the person out. But it's like, you will, besides having your ducks in a row, like your inner, you know, harmony type deal, you gotta have an inner harmony with the band. And also, you gotta re- figure out what everyone's goal is, too. Exactly. If there's four members of a band, and one wants to be famous, one wants to just write music, one wants to make as much money as possible, and the other one doesn't really care, he's just doing it for the chicks or something, mm-hmm. it's like, you all have different outlets, this isn't gonna last. That's why no. bands break up. You all need to sit down and understand like who's going for what and what's going for what and what are we going to do to accomplish this? Is this going to be a problem down the road or is this going to be something that we can manage? And also like I don't believe that you should be managing. I believe you should be having fun and being like, you know, it seems like the bands that long lasting and end up instilling like into society's life and like basically blueprint is like people that enjoyed the music. Whether you all want to trip out in the garage, turn on the headphones, look upside down at some records or something, and start playing them backwards, vibe, and shit. <laughs> yeah, vibe out to the room and shit. It's like, you know, having your feet up on the wall. We've all done that at some point. Like we all had our feet up on the wall with headphones on, listening to music upside down in our bed or something. It's mm-hmm. it's those nights, especially when you're home alone and you have just the the light on in your bedroom, and then and the you're listening. Playing. Yeah, you're listening. You're just blasting music, you know, ACDC, Thunderstruck, or something to get you in a freaking pumped up mood, where you just want to start. You know, your parents come home. Why are there holes all over the wall? Be like, I got pumped. I was listening to ACDC, Mom. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> all right, understood. Especially in your ear in a music household, they understand that one. Exactly, but don't try. You know, listen. That's how that pumps you up. Start driving, go 100 miles an hour because the copying on them. Those memes ain't real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it, when you think about it, like it's crazy how music, someone can express their mood through just song and notes in general. Some people, you know, have are like me. They can express their, you know, emotion through words and music. And, you know, if I'm angry, I'm not going to, you know, throw myself out saying I am angry and all this and start screaming and shouting because I just don't believe that's right to do to somebody else. No, never. But when it comes to like how some person can be amazing at speech. And another person's really musically talented. You know, they're showing emotion through two different things. And then someone that's really good at writing. They can't talk, they can't think of music and all this, but they can sit down and write books and books and books. And you're like, I would have never known this about this person. I had a person on my podcast named uh, Tyler Horton. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was episode 15. And um, he was talking to me about 
how he could, it was so hard for people to get a word out of his dad. It was hard for him to get a word out of his dad. But his dad's an accomplished writer, like has wrote multiple books. And he's like, as soon as you sit my dad down in front of a piece of paper and a pencil, he could just write. And like, you can feel everything. You would see like, you know, some people express it better than words. It's when you see a lot of people that are mute and refuse to talk and they write stuff down and then they can write down like paragraphs and paragraphs, you know. It's the same reason, I don't know how, unless you're using the voice speak on your phone, but you're trying to text somebody how, like a message, and then they text like 30 paragraphs by the time you do one, and you're like, what the hell? Exactly, like, do you express but... your words like that, but why don't, when we're trying to talk face-to-face, you're like shy, and you don't really say much. It's like... Well, it's, it's, what was that? Uh, there's a word, like there's a introvert or something like that. I used to be introvert when Ooh. I graduated high school. I was bullied really bad for being overweight and stuff, which got my main passion into the gym, which I thought that was the passion I wanted to pursue in life. I wanted to be a personal trainer and like, you know, do that. Help people out with, you know, their, whatever issues they're feeling, whether it be weight, self-esteem, like personal yeah. trainer, they can help out. I, I thought I wanted to be helpful in that way. Mm. But I used to think for the longest time I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be on TV. I... But I, I'm starting to realize now, it's like, I've said it multiple times on my podcast, but it's like, I, I, I want to leave a mark, and I don't want it to be a bad one. I want it to be a good one where someone remembers me, whether it's like a couple people or a lot of people. I don't really need, you know, it's like that one song, what's it, is it no one will die, or uh, no no one will cry when at my funeral or something like that? Oh, uh, uh, 6 a.m., I think that's what it is. Yeah, with Nikki Six. Uh, Do you swear on your life that no one yeah, will cry? Yeah, I know exactly what song you're talking yeah. about. That was a good jam, too. It's man. like, shit, it's like, when you think of that song, like, I don't want anybody upset, you know, when I do go, but I don't want to leave this world feeling like I haven't scratched the surface of what I could leave behind. I want to, I want, if someone, it doesn't matter if this podcast even gets popular. It's recorded now, it's in history. This exactly. conversation has happened. This words that have happened have been instilled in stone. It's a thing. There might be someone out here, like, I might die at 40 and not not get famous or something. And next thing I know, some kid 100 years from now is just playing. That that whole generation is listening to all my podcasts I've ever recorded. Like, oh, my God, this guy was the smartest dude in the world. Or he was just a complete dumbass and just, like, laughing at me. doesn't matter. Still popular. (laughs) Yeah, it's out there. I got them views, dog. There you go, bro. (laughs) Whether you liked it or not, it's like... You know, I like to, I, I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to, like, leave nothing behind. Like, when a lot of people associate my name with the Canadian um, artist, Robbie Robertson, the guitar player, he just got nominated, or not Canadian, I think he's American, but he just got nominated. Uh, my mom's friend sent me a message on Facebook, congratulations, I was like, what? And I clicked it, and it's a link. He got nominated for an uh, Emmy or, or some <laughs> Canadian some Canadian type award and it said Robbie Robertson inducted to the world. I was like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I'm famous about time. <laughs> I've been working in, this forever. You type in Robbie Robertson on Google. You get this guy like professional photograph, like guitar photos and stuff. And then you get like one MySpace picture of me. Like, at the way <laughs> bottom, oh, grab. Like going a thousand. Uh, yeah. Going back to the days. Oh God. Those are good old days. The original t- uh, Instagram. And Facebook. For real. Oh my God. Miss. That's where podcasting took off. Did you know that? Over on MySpace? Bill Burr and all those guys, those famous comedians, had podcasts on there. On MySpace days? Yeah, isn't that oh, nuts? Wow. They had a show. I know Bill Burr, like, he jumped the, I don't he think jumped it, on Netflix thing quick. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, I don't think it was called podcasting. It was something like a, uh, like a, a, like a 30 minute segment or something. Mm, but that's what eventually evolved into what is now podcast. You know, what's crazy is, um, I like, 
I thought my podcast influenced, like, because I listen to it, like, it's like three hours long, like, almost every episode, and it's just cool, it's Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a big thing. I've seen all his episodes and everything. It's not that at all. I found out um, a podcast I haven't even really started listening to yet. It's by Christopher Ryan. And, um, Why does that name sound familiar? Yeah, I know. It sounds familiar to me, too. I don't know. I've only listened to him on Joe Rogan's podcast, but he was talking about how, you know, Joe Rogan has a studio, which eventually I want to have. I want to exactly. have a studio. But I like the idea of a mobile recorder. I can take this on the go. Anywhere. And I've started thinking about it, like on days I can't sleep or days I feel like going out and doing something, either if I haven't done anything all day or something, I can take this out and just start viewing people. Because I, I, like I've said it before, everyone's got a story to tell, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, I've had people on here before, I, I don't know if I'm going to be a good interview. It's not an interview. No, I we're just, just wanna, talking. Just, we're going to shoot the shit. That's what it is. Exactly. And it's hard to explain that to some people that aren't really, like, level-minded on a lot of things. Like, really down-to-earth type people. Like, you understood it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, there's a lot of people, like, I'm not good at interviews. And it's like, no, it's not that. And then they get here, like, do you have questions lined up? It's not that. There's no, no questions. You're shooting the shit with Robbie, like... That should just be my motto. I'm going to get it painted on the wall. like Shoot the shit. Know, yeah, let's shoot the shit or, you know, crack that cookie. There like, you go. Everyone's a fortune cookie. <laughs> and it's like, it's crazy because, you know, we're all unlocking mysteries. Everyone's like, what is it, like therapy? I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, it's 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 it like could a, be. You know, it's a type of therapy too, but what do you define as therapy? You know, music in a way is therapy. Exactly. You know, Drawing a picture. Could music be for years has been played in classrooms to younger ages to help them wind down or get ready for AKA nap time. Like there are certain types of songs that invoke certain types of emotions and reactions to our brain. Exactly. It's how our brain, like, first of all, when you're listening to music, your brain's releasing chemicals like dopamine and all this shit that mm-hmm. can get experienced with tripping and also side effects of like marijuana or you get a calmness feeling. It's that type of thing. It's a relief. Exactly. That's what you get. But you get that from a lot of things, you know? Oh, just. Taking a hot ass shower, you know? That too. Taking a cold one brings out a whole opposite (laughs) side effect. Yeah, like you're, you know, you ever take an ice bath before? Yeah, I'm not a fan. That's a common thing with drummers. They stick their arms in buckets of ice. Well, you gotta figure those suckers, like, real good drummers and everything. They're constantly going at it. Remember my dad telling me stories about that. He was like, I used to stick my arms in buckets of ice. I was like, I only saw that on the movie Game Day after those football players would hop in those ice baths because their mm-hmm. body was needed to be cooled down. I was like, screw that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be hot as shit than cold as hell. Exactly, man. The first time I ever saw somebody do that, it was uh, back when I used to watch, you know, wrestling, WWE. I think it was actually WWF at this time before, you know, you get the F out and all that crap. But it was Brock Lesnar. It was like Women's Federation. Yeah, World Women's Federation. <laughs> now, uh, you know, uh, like The Rock, Stone Cold, all that crazy crap. But it was uh, the SummerSlam, like, pay-per-view build-up thing. And for some reason, I saw a magazine, like, at a thing of, like, local food line or some crap like that. It was, like, WWE uh, SummerSlam issue. Picked it up, and they were doing interviews with Brock Lesnar. And what he does and everything. It had, like, pictures of his workout and everything. You see him, like, run on the beach with these giant, like, weights on his leg, but then after every workout, he jumps into a giant tub of ice. I'm just like, why? Why would you do that to your body? So I was like, screw it, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I'm never doing it again. <laughs> it's, like, it's like taking the polar plunge, man. Oh, I yeah. think we've all experienced this, and it's either going to bring you an extreme amount of anxiety when I say it, 
when you hop in the shower thinking that it's warm and it's not and that cold water hits you and you do the dance to the back of the shower to get away from the mm, water but you can't get possible. away yeah <laughs> You're trapped. Or you're fucking, like, grabbing the nozzle, trying to turn it the hot as fast as possible. Like, turn it all the way over. The next thing you know, it's too hot. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. And you yeah. try to bring it back to, like, a nice, cool medium. We've all been to over at a friend's house. And they don't know how to work their don't shower. Don't know how to work their shower, like, it's some type of spaceship. We've all experienced that. That's when I'm like, can you teach me how this works? Like, you never used a shower before? No, I've yours. used a shower, but, you know, my grandparents, if you turn, it's, you know how you, cold's to the right, warm's to the hot? Mm. Okay, my grandparents' house, it was cold to the left warm to the right oh damn that would have screwed me yo up. <laughs> every time i took a shower up there during the summer i didn't get it until like the very end like that's how you got to do it and it's like at my other grandparents house if you go all like you know how you lift the, the thing all the way up and it goes like i guess push it up forward it turns the shower coming up from the top and then it's like it's the pressure that comes out yeah. basically well theirs was if you go forwards it gets hot if you go back it gets cold so I always thought like, okay, and I did that and then turned it to the left thinking that's, you know, it's going to just warm the shower up. Hell no. I hopped in that thing. I thought my skin was burning. I was like, ah, ah. It's like too hot. It felt like a lobster getting boiled. All I could hear was the song by uh, Sean Paul, Temperature. You ever hear that song? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Girl in your girl, I want to be keeping you warm. I, I was like, this shower or fire burning by Sean Kingston. You gotta understand, I grew up in that generation. It's gonna be a little bit di- different. Hey, it's gap all in good, there. man. You gotta figure my girl, she's only like uh, 24, so it's all good. But it's funny because I, I, uh, I played games a lot like growing up, and it was like I play Fallout. I don't know if you know what that is. Like, I'm not looking at the game. Nothing but old music in there. Sinatra. I have an Ink Spots vinyl Ooh. record in my room right now because I go to thrift stores and I see the vinyl records for 25 cents. Exactly. This masterpiece was 25 cents. Either Ink Spots, Frank Sinatra, Johnny Cash. I'm flipping through them suckers. Here's five bucks. Bam. What am I else am I going to do with that five bucks? Go buy a gumball or something? Everything else is too damn expensive. Exactly. Expensive. You can find a record for 25 cents. It's like, that's gold. Like back in the day, that shit cost real money. Dude. And nowadays you can get for basically a hay penny. When you ha- if you have a day off like Thursday, I'll come drive and pick you up. We should go thrift shopping, dude. Hmm. I'm telling you, man, we can do that shit early. We can do it later in the day. But dude, you can find some if you like getting some nice vinyl records. I found a pink uh, Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon record what? for fucking one dollar and twenty five cents, man. I shit you not, dude. I gave it to oh my, my buddy as a God. gift. Dude, that's freaking awesome. And you know Marty Robbins, that one song he plays a song, Big Iron. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. You know, there's a there's a sheriff in the town with a big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip. Plays in Fallout. Vegas. I was playing that song. My grandma was like, how the hell do you know this song? I was like, it's Marty Robbins. She goes, you don't understand. This is like my type of music. I'm like, so I'm cultured. Like when it comes down to rap, when it comes down to all this stuff, even though I don't listen to a whole lot of the new rap because in my mind, that it's just not. crap. Yeah. It's, yeah. But like I said, it's, just, it's, it's not my heart. flavor. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, when music gets so overproduced, it's studio quality. It's like. I understand it comes out of the mind and it's not that, but like, you know, I still enjoy the essence of the, I enjoy the originality and sitting down like in the old days where they used to sit down and you hear the stories of the famous rock stars like Ted Nugent and all these people that talk about like, you know, sitting down in the basement, locking themselves. No one's allowed to leave until we get this song written. You know, either you do your rituals with your band. It's not just a connection to the music and not just getting down to the primal element of creating something. But the fact that, like, 
you're creating memories with your friends. Exactly, dude. When you guys are playing in the garage and you turn open up the garage and let like the neighborhood hear you, and whether they're screaming at you to turn it down or you get your neighbor that pulls out a lawn chair and sits down and starts listening yeah, and hearing the stand, it's like you're all just jamming out, you know, strumming. We didn't weren't playing for a specific purpose. We were just playing just to be loud and just be heard. Next thing you know, you start getting like recognized. Fingers start finding a way to connect these notes. Your ears start tuning with the music. You're able to tune by ear instead of tuning with a machine. I guarantee you all the new guitarists out there, you ask them how, you know, how do you tune your guitar? Either, you know, I use this auto-tune. No. Yeah, yeah, that's easier but and faster. But can you actually harmonic But tune? can you, like, a lot of people say, oh, I mean, if I get high first, it's like, why? Because you know why you need that? It's because you got to take the blinders off because you're so blinded to the open part of the world. Exactly. It's like when you drink a, if you drink a coffee and don't eat anything at like two in the morning or something, you're, you know, your mind's running hot. Your yeah, mind's exactly. like shit. Your mind's like aware of everything that's going on around you. And if you take a walk into the world, you're going to come to some realizational shit. Just like if you were on a DMT trip. It's the same thing if you're up for three freaking days and you got this caffeine crack high. You know? Exactly. You're going to come to some realization of some real primal shit. First of all, if anyone listens, don't stay up for three days straight. <laughs> That's just bad for your mental health. <laughs> Seven days, your brain shuts off. Ooh. Apparently, and then that's when Freddy Cougar gets you. That's how Nightmare on Elm Street starts. Makes sense right there, man. He scared those kids so much they were afraid to go to sleep, and then their brain shut off, like, basically permanently. He had them in that dream world forever. That's always scared the shit out of me. They got my man. I should have listened to my parents and they said, go to bed, you're not old enough to watch this movie. Because then I'd sit there and hide around the corner watching it. And next thing I know, I'm like, uh, what's like you're afraid to step onto the floor because you think something's under your bed going to grab you? We've well, all done that. Well, shoot, with Freddy Krueger, he can go from anywhere, man. He can come out of the damn stop, wall, stop, ceiling. Stop. I'm 21 years old. I don't need to be looking under my bed <laughs> or a closet or be afraid to look in a mirror. Oh, man, come on, Freddy Krueger, he's. He's my boy. We have tea parties every Sunday. He's he's slightly well done, and by that I mean extra crispy. Just a wee bit, you know. A little bit toasty. Like a hot pocket. <laughs> when you just get pissed off biting into it and it's cold, you just stick it in there for ten minutes. And then next thing you know, it's like nuclear hot and it's like half your freaking mouth is destroyed. What's one really good band experience that you've had? Like either if it's taking a trip or a gig recently that you've done or just a gig that you remember back in the day or just some type of memory you've had with music. What's one really good one that you think about? Man, this was like a years ago. I think I was like uh, 15, 16 years old in this band called In Modern Times. Like 15, 16 years old, like playing in bars over in Seaford, Delaware. There's this little spot called CC22. And they held this event, like, uh, 935 The Beach was, you know, doing the whole thing. Like, it was broadcast all around, like, you know, all the airwaves and whatnot. And we went to go play the show, and it kind of made me mad because the other guitars couldn't make it. You know, stuck at work, couldn't get out type deal. So it was only four people, me, the singer, my brother on bass, and my buddy Derek on drums. And somehow, even without the extra guitars, we still just rocked the shit out of that show, dude. Like, everybody's going nuts. People, like, just hooting, hollering, going absolutely batshit crazy over the music we created. Like, it was no covers, no nothing like that. Just that feeling that all these people are this hyped over songs a bunch of, you know, stoner kids just came up with. It was just, I don't know. It got me 
the sense of euphoria or you know that's that sense, sense that's that high feeling i'm yeah, talking exactly. about you get literally after playing a show and like everybody's screaming your name and shit mm-hmm. not even just that or just the fact that you just rocked a show and you know like you nailed like your band you and your band just had a jive moment like a connection exactly you know that shit was like you walk outside and if it's whether it's cold whether it's hot you're outside like fuck like yeah that was the shit i want to live it that's your freaking moment man that's the moment we were talking about where you had that sudden life realization. A band experiences that probably all the freaking time when they have a good show. And, you exactly. know, sometimes you have that shitty set where you're left uh, pissed off and like, shit. Oh, I have plenty of those days. <laughs> it's not even that you're mad like, oh, the crowd sucks. It's like, no, dude, you're mad at yourself, exactly. man. You feel you're like upset. you let people down and you can't look at it like that. You're going to have your good shows and your bad shows. But that feeling you get afterwards, I remember the first one I played... I thought I missed notes and shit. And I remember we played on the radio together one time. Oh, yeah, yeah, And when we played on the radio, you know you know how happy we were when we left that shit? Oh, like, dude, that shit was Yeah, that shit boy. was tight. Yo, we were high-fiving and like, you know, you know. And then like, I was telling you, yeah, I messed up on this part. And you're like, I didn't fucking hear it. Like, I didn't hear it. You realize you're the only one that heard it because you're the only one, like, that everyone That knew that happened. Yeah, like, and it's like, other people are listening to it. They don't hear that shit. But every time you listen to a recording of a song, you know where you fucked up. Exactly. You, you know the exact millisecond. Yeah, you're like, oh, I fucked up here. <laughs> but it's like, afterwards, when we took pictures, and then next thing you know, we're all posting on our social media and shit. Dude, I had the high feeling for, like, three days after that shit. I was like, yo, yeah, I played on the radio. Yo, I wrote my name on a wall. Yo, it's like, you know, you're, made you feel you're, good. you're hyped. That's what I loved about it, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't mind being able to do that with, like, stand-up comedy or just being in a movie, you know? Or even with these podcasts, someone wants me to sign something. It's not that, I, I guess I have that addiction to being famous, but it's more like I want to be heard, man. Exactly. It's not necessarily the famous part. You just want to get your message out there or your art out there. Mm-hmm. You just want, you know, people to see what you see type deal and feel what you feel, which is freaking amazing. You know, someone just bought Michael Jackson's um, journal with all his unwritten works in it and shit. For oh, fucking wow. like four million dollars or something like that, and it was you know it was or no, I think it was way more than that, but it was like all this stuff he didn't write or produce, and everyone's like, I think there's probably a reason why because probably shit. I'm like, yo, but if you're a diehard fan and you enjoy Michael Jackson, you understand you're getting his creative works that were out of his mind written down on a journal where he's probably on some of that amnesia type medication he was using to go to sleep For type real. dreams and shit Dream he's about probably tripping out <laughs> you probably hear a song like it's like thriller but all you hear is gir- like giraffe noises and shit and it goes back to what i was saying about the music appreciation class i'm listening to you know these videos there was a chinese bunch of guys playing like keyboard guitars and it was like ding 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 Kind of sound like Sonic like, the Hedgehog. Annoying, but you're like, what the f- Like, what is... Everyone in the class is like, oh, this shit sucks. Like, turn this shit off. And then they're looking on the screen, and it's like guys are shooting lasers, and I hear it's... Like, one dude's going... And then that beat's going... Ding, 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 ding. But it's like all these different noises, and they're just dancing on the screen like robots wearing t- suits and shit, and then they're in outer space. It reminded me of, like... Um, the old Power Rangers were the... Oh, jeez, yeah. They're all little blaster effects, and they had the blaster effects and everything in it, too. <laughs> I'm like... This is funny, but I'm not making fun of the art. I'm making fun of because this is what, obviously, what their intention was for. The song was made when music videos were first starting out, like effects and everything. They were, everyone, was, that's as far as you could get, was the effects that were default effects on the computer. Not all the CGI stuff we have now. Oh, it's Technology, ridiculous. and the kids, newer generations, aren't going to see it like how I see it. I'm probably the youngest kid out there that isn't 
part of the older generation to understand the grasp of all this. Exactly. Like just They're because just, well, they were grown up on this shit nowadays. So dude, it's, it's like, getting worse with all these new technology, phones and stuff. Why? In a way, it's amazing to see how far we can go as a society. But you know, we're taking some dark roads down to some shit too. I see where people want to become Amish. You know how hard <laughs> it is for teachers to teach nowadays. Because they're kids, every generation. You get to see second graders and first graders with freaking iPhones. Dude, I had an MP3 much. player. I'm not even I didn't even have that. I had the CD Walkman. track <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, man. I didn't have the tape recorder, but I had it. We put a Linkin Park CD, a Black Eyed Peas CD. Freaking start walking down the street with those old ass Sony headphones going, pump it, loud, come on, don't stop. <laughs> or Panic at the Disco for me, freaking nine in the afternoon after playing constant rock band. Like, mm-hmm. This is as good as music as I can get, just playing guitar on that, putting that shit on medium, even that was difficult. <laughs> freaking God, trying to move my fingers, I felt like they were turning into, I remember at one point I thought my hand morphed into a spider because it was trying to move all over the neck of the guitar. You're like, ah, oh, God, they're about to break. That damn, what was it, the orange button or whatever that last button? That was the, always the stretch. It's like, son of a bitch. Yeah, you gotta fucking reach down. Yeah, you exactly. see these guys that are like, they learn the system so well, much like Captain Kirk in Star Trek, where he was able to cheat the system. There was like a computer test that, you know what I'm talking about, right? Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, I know Star Trek. Okay. Captain Kirk, he beat the space simulator, which was, you would lose every single time. No one could ever win. It was oh, you're unbeatable. talking about the new, uh, that first new movie, yeah, the reboot, yeah. or well, the alternate universe, is yeah. what, how they. The. The, um, whatever he was talking about, this system is unbeatable, you can't beat it, and he found a way to cheat the system and beat it, okay? That's the same thing when you see those guys play Guitar Hero, like, Devil Went Down to Georgia on Expert. Exactly, like, not get, even bad They get 100%, rock. it's because, they say, have you seen Dragon Ball Z theme song on Facebook, the dude does the song to it? Mm. It starts off like, dun, 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 next thing you know, there's like, a hundred buttons at once, and it's like every every single one's like a hundred in there. He's just going, and he's getting perfect, and he's just annihilating. Like he ends up not even strumming down here. I can't even do it fast enough. But he's down here, like I can't even move my fingers fast enough. They just won't. It physically won't happen. But it's like he's sitting there going, but he knows the system. He's played it so many times. It's like a, it's a routine. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And it's the same thing when people say practice doesn't make perfect; it makes permanent. Very true. That muscle memory. If you learn memory. something the wrong way, obviously it's going to be wrong. But it's the like, entire time. But if you keep, if you're creating something, you practice it. Like there's a difference between seeing a live performance and then hearing a recording. Hearing a recording is nice because you know it's you like can have that perfection, that perfection that you're looking for. But I would much rather go to a live performance because you feel the true nature, the true vibe of whatever that band's playing. And it's also like if they fuck up. You know, you're there for that. Exactly. You and get a lot of times, history. <laughs> I went to a Pepper concert, and the dude stopped halfway through the song and started talking to the crowd. Now I was high off my ass, but he was talking to me, and it felt like he was talking for like 35 minutes. And he jumped in the crowd, started taking selfies with everybody. And they hadn't even finished off the song. I totally forgot about the song. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I gotta get a selfie with this guy. He ran through the whole crowd. 20 minutes later, he gets back up on stage. Picks up right where he left off. Everything, Zach note and everything. I'm like, holy Blue, lights hit shit. at the right time. I was like, oh my god! I thought someone just pistol whipped me in the dick. I was like, damn! <laughs> you felt all that. It's like literally when they say, like, you know, I'm, I'm creating this music to have sex with your ear pussies, like that. It's like that's a fucking thing, man. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like Scott Pilgrim when they're playing the freaking Battle of the Bands thing, and they got their music. Uh, I saw that movie, man. 
on Netflix. I know I'm a horrible human being. I'll, I'll go beat myself later. Bet you haven't seen The Big Lebowski either. Oh no, I have seen. Good man, dude. I he actually, inspired a religion that got dude, me. Dude, I'm actually an ordained priest in the Church of Dudism. Can you um? Can you uh like? What what is it? What, what can they do? They can do something where they can bring you into the religion. I want to be. Part no, of you, it. dude, you can go into religion yourself, man. Like uh, it, you said, you're an ordained priest. Yeah. Can dude. you bless me? On this podcast, bless me right now. Oh, you want me to bless you? I want to be blessed under the of, of the in church. the name of Dudism, in the name of all white Russians. I bless thee. Is that really the thing? I don't know. I just made it up. That's Dudism, man. Just go with how you feel. Relax feel and chill. Holy. There you go, man. The dude abides, my bro. Always. That got me into bowling. Did you know that? Really? I was averaging two hundred a game. I would bowl at three. You know, bowling alleys. The one in Ocean City on Seventy First Street stays open until three o'clock in the morning. We might have to make you know. A Let's nice trip do it, dude. Bowling, dude. Me and my buddy would go bowling at three o'clock in the morning, and then they open or they close for four hours and open up at seven. Yeah, we might have to make that thing here soon. The only <laughs> thing that's not open that early is the freaking restaurant in the thing. Uh, but that bowling alley is open, dude. You don't understand. How close is the Wawa from there? Because then we can, you know. It's not even like I think it's like thirty streets down. Dude, perfect. We go get Wawa. We go bowling. Hoagie fest, bro. Can't go wrong with hoagie. Dude, fast. I'm down to go bowling, man. You don't understand how bad Let's I want to go bowling. Just hit me up, dude. Hell yeah, man. You know, it's crazy. Like, you used to be on a league back in the day. You used to be on a league? Yeah, over in Seaford. There's I had my own bowling ball in the garage. What? I bought it at a thrift store for a buck. Dude, these thrift stores, man. That's another thing we got to get. I got to show you this <laughs> stuff, dude. I, I buy CDs. Like, I bought, like, my, one of my favorite bands is Nine Mile Roots. They're a reggae band. Mm-hmm. And um, I bought one of their CDs from there. And it was the only one I didn't have. And I was paying, like, eight bucks for these CDs. And they sent me their new one before it got, like, like before it was made. They sent me a new one, like, before they were selling it. And they sent me the idea for the song a year before they even made the album. And they had called it Skittles. And I was like, is this song called Skittles? I was like, is it because you're getting a taste of the rainbow when you listen to it? And he's like, no, he goes, it's just the name we were thinking of. He goes, but if you think of a song name for it, let me know. I was like, it sounds like you should call it paper. And he goes, that's actually what we were all thinking, calling it paper. Because the song goes, if I was paper, would you roll me up and fold me up? See, that sounds a little bit better than, you know, naming it Skittles when you're talking about it. Yeah, know. but it's like, you know, he's talking about like, you know, it's it's just crazy. Because I had that song and then I was like, you should name it paper. And he's like, that's what we were thinking. The next thing you know, you look on the back of the track, paper. paper. Like holy shit! Like I was there, and they're like one of my like favorite like bands, basically too. And it's cool because they're local. I actually know the singer. Um, I messaged him. Would you want to be on my podcast? He messaged me back, dude. I love podcasts because we're gonna be down summer and spring. I'll get the whole band on Nine Mile Roots. I'm like, there you go. I had to like it wasn't difficult, but it was a little challenging doing the Swell Fellows having three at once. Imagine nine people. But the fact is, like. Even when I did the Swell Fellows, they were all, t- like, knew when to talk. They all took time and stuff. It was like, nine people, how is that going to work? <laughs> and most of my questions, like, that I think of, like, everything's improv, basically. Like, I just think of it, it's stuff I want to ask you. So it's like, but a lot of them are narrowed down to, like, what's your personal experience with music? And, like, there is, like, a set kind of thing with that. Mm-hmm. But how the hell do you ask a band that? That is, I don't know. It was a little <laughs> difficult with the Swellfellas. Like, what's your biggest band memory that you all have? Like, what's your what's your favorite band snack? 
my favorite band snack. Like, do you ever have a meal like that you that you eat? have to have after you play a gig or something? I wouldn't like say that. after or you have to have it, but like there's something like before practice, I have this, or you know, is there something that you f- are fond of before you play or after you play, like a nice beer or something? If we're going to be serious, it's going to sound so freaking stupid, but uh, a lot of people do Taco Bell. Uh, mine was actually IHOP. Man. What? Like I would, every time, this is back when you could smoke in IHOP too. Okay, when I was, you know, you know, whole you used to smoke in bowling alleys. You yeah, can't exactly. do that shit anymore. No, hell no, people get pissed. <laughs> my oxygen, in, fuck oxygen. But uh, <laughs> I can't smoke my ass for real. My Buzzies. kid doesn't like Marlboro. He only prefers camels. Well, go to the goddamn desert if you like camels. Yeah, ninja. exactly. It's like my shit. IHOP. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we would go to IHOP after, like, a lot of these shows when, you know, playing and everything at bars back in the day. We'd go to IHOP, and I always would get this big-ass freaking uh, breakfast burrito in the middle of the night. Like a ritual? Exactly. Like, every time we got done playing, we'd always go to IHOP, and i always get this freaking burrito. It just, or not, it's kind of like a burrito, omelets, whatever. But it was just the comfort of it. It was like, you know, we did a good show just with my reward to myself. Now your body probably, like, is so in tune to having it. It's like... Oh, if I don't, I get withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, it's like afterwards, it's like you're starting to taste it. Like, before you can get off stage, like, mm, taste that burrito. For real. It's like, when I, every time I pass by the high school, I think of my days. My whole senior year, my buddy picked me up from school. And um, he dropped me off at my house in Ocean City. But afterwards, we would get, like, Slurpees. Or we would get, um, if, if it, like, you know, if, basically every single day after class, we'd go and get Chick-fil-A. We'd pull up, drive through, get, um, we both get chocolate milkshakes, cherries. I would throw mine out. <laughs> then we get a number three meal. And it's a spicy chicken sandwich. With, Is that the one with the pepper jack cheese on it and everything? No, it's just a regular oh, okay, spicy chicken sandwich. And um, with fries. And we sit there, act extra Chick-fil-A sauce, sit in that back parking lot and like behind the wine rack. Just and then munch just out. Munch out every single time, man. And it's like every time I pass by the high school, I taste the spicy chicken. It's just, you know, savory. Like it's right in the back of your tongue. It's like, I want it right now. It's that imprinting, bro. It's mm-hmm. like there's stuff that happens to you, whether it's good or bad in your childhood experiences. But they create some leftover remnants of like that instill you into life for. Ever. Even if you don't realize it, it's there. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, like, when it comes down to the fact of, like, just being an overall good person. But it's like, there are those things, yo, where, you know, if you... me, I remember my childhood snack, whenever I play video games, I get a sudden craving for it, even though I haven't had it forever. Microwave taquitos. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. You throw 30 on a little dinner tray type, like, thing that you, your mom would put turkey on to serve for Thanksgiving... My member, my brother was like, you want some taquitos? I was like, yeah. I knew to get the Xbox controllers out, set them on the table. He would grab that thing after putting it in the microwave for five minutes. And we were both lazy as shit. We don't even know how to cook. I didn't know how to cook a Hot Pocket properly <laughs> until freaking um, last semester in class. I did a speech on Hot Pockets. And I figured out that the cooking sleeve that it comes with it cooks the freaking Hot Pocket. You never cook with a sleeve on? I thought it would... Throw up the microwave. No, no, no. If it was like aluminum no, foil, no, no. we did. You know when you take a bite into a hot pocket, it's super hot, mm-hmm. and then the inside's kind of cold. You're like, what the hell? If you leave it in the microwave for two minutes after it's already over with, like the time yeah, it, it, cook, it cooks, it, it crisps the fucking mm-hmm. inside. Hey, that's some crazy shit. That's why the inside's always like that silver-looking shit. I thought that was going to blow up the microwave. I never did it like that. <laughs> What about those savages that heat up a Pop-Tart or heat up a Hot Pocket and put it on a napkin? 
Hey, man, I'm a savage. I don't like doing dishes. So I'll grab a Paper freaking... plate! Well, you ain't got no paper plates. Dude, the cheese getting stuck on the freaking napkin. I know, it's a pain in the ass. And then you get your peel off the napkin off your Hot Pocket, and next thing you know, there's remnants of the napkin on the Hot Pocket. Well, see, that's why you always have that sleeve, too, man. Like, what I would do, i just take the napkin and, you know, wrap, like, the bottom end that's still in the sleeve, so that way you can hold the sucker while burn the shit out of you. Eat it till it's down to where it can stuff all the way inside that pocket, then you lay it down. You're a savage and a half. Hey, man, dude, I hate doing this. Do you crap in the shower as well? <laughs> no. Nah. Oh, I'll take yeah, a shower please. afterwards, but not, you know, I won't do it at the same time. No, 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 no. Well, first, never shit after you shower, because you might as well just, you know, restart your whole day at hey, that point. Dude. You shit before you shower. You don't understand how much I've been dealing with that today. And <laughs> like, I took a shower, like, all right, I just took the biggest crap in my life. Never going to have to ever, uh. Shit again. For the rest of the day. And the next thing you know, like 95 minutes after my shower, I'm all clean, got my fresh clothes on. It's like, oh, God. Here it goes. At that point, you might as well, you know, just Change go back to bed. Change and just be like, fuck it. And hey. I'll start over tomorrow. Exactly. Your day's ruined. <laughs> but it's crazy to think, dude, that, you know, there's all this, like, yeah, we crack our jokes about, like, life and stuff. But it's like... Dude, when we heated up those taquitos and we knew, like, that instilling of memory and imprinting, like, it, it it's fascination. I just learned about this in psychology. Like, there's all these theories on behavioral and psychodynamic and, like, all these stuff where it's, like, it's your genetics that create, you know, your certain characteristics and mental illnesses and all this stuff. Not only genetics. There's Ooh. so many things. It's constantly being proved wrong. It's like a trade school. Like there's constantly new stuff coming out that's bringing out the old stuff and making stuff irrelevant. There's always stuff you have to constantly be learning. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, there is behavioral stuff in it too. It does happen that you know a lot of your passions, wants, goals, dreams, all this stuff, and all these tastes, you know, all this stuff. It's all you know, genetic. That's a that's a fact as well. But there's also cultural influences. There's, you know, just being your environment, basically. A product like, of your environment. Yeah, it's like some some stuff's learned, some stuff's not made. Like, me and my brother, we're related, but at the same time, we have different dads. So, like, I liked having my bagel in the microwave with butter on it. Mm -hmm. And heating it up only for 20 seconds, where it's just nice and soft and biting into it like that. Then, my brother, toaster, sour cream. Or not sour cream, uh, cream cheese, cream cheese. Oh, I was about to say sour cream. Holy hell! I remember, I, I remember, like my brother's like, you just don't ever want to try it. You don't want to try new things. No, I just don't like the taste of it. He goes, yeah, whatever. But if you tried cream cheese, you'd like it. My grandfather made a bagel, put cream cheese on it, told me it was butter, and I guess um, he didn't know. He got me mixed up with my brother. Which grandparents do that? They call, you know, they call you. But I mean, rock, you know, like you mess up that. Whatever name. one you are, come yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, he gave me a cream cheese bagel, and in that house, we have to eat everything. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. Whatever you can't, you can't waste. let it waste. So I'm sitting there biting the bagel, and I will, like, was biting the, just around it, like a circle. And next thing you know, there's just the middle where all the cream cheese was. And I'm like, I couldn't eat the, you know, you eat cream it. cheese. And I'm like, I can't eat it. It's not, not, it's not, not, the bagel tastes funny. It's not right. It's not right. Mm -hmm. And he would be like. Yeah, what are you going to sit there and eat? You're going to sit there and eat it. You know, he wasn't being a jerk. That's just, he grew up in the depression. He knew not to waste food and everything. Exactly. My grandmom came home and goes, why did you just eat the outside of the bagel? I was like, it doesn't taste right. And she, she knows I like butter. And she sniffs it. She goes, this is cream cheese. And then yells at my grandfather. He goes, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. You know, I thought he liked cream cheese. No, that's Michael. It's like a, 
it's so hard to, I mean, you know, even for them, like, to be able to manage. But at the same time, it's like, that fact that my taste buds knew, that's not butter. Exactly. That's not butter. You don't like that taste. That taste what, is not What butter you. are you using? It's the same thing when I go up to my grandparents' house in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all from Baltimore. They use Royal um, King Syrup. That mm-hmm. lion mm-hmm. syrup. Yeah, yeah. Tastes like shit. Compared to Andromama's. Yes, but then they see Andromama's as a cheap knockoff brand. And then they like the Royal... They, they'll only do that. It's also when they put... like When I see my dad put ketchup on his eggs. God! That is the most That's evil. a Baltimore thing. That's a savage thing, okay? Oh. I'm sorry. Ketchup is, in my opinion, just a shit comment. I like ketchup, but he's basically like, if you get a bowl, fill it up with ketchup, and then give him like a, a, a fork with an egg on it, he's just dipping it in there. I'm like, I was like that with honey mustard at a point. Please get that, or have I would eat, now. <laughs> I would eat chicken tenders and french fries, and I would drown that thing in half a bottle of that Ken Steakhouse honey mustard syrup. See, that stuff's decent. I, I like honey mustard. Dude, no, like, you don't even understand. I would go through a, like, my grandma would, would stop by the thin bottles. She'd mm-hmm. go to BJ's. The, and she'll the get, like, the grocery. freaking. She'd get the giant freaking restaurant size like, tub of it. And I'll be dumping, like, me and my brother, whenever chicken tenders or something be put out. Bam! Straight to the honey mustard. But it's like, what I was saying, I want to get back to the Keto's thing. <laughs> when we broke out those Xbox controllers, that imprinting. Like, but me and my brother always had this, like, this deposition or pre-deposition, whatever it's called, mm. for the taste of the Keto's. And, like, those microwavable stuff. Because that's what we use whenever we're going into video games. I remember buying those dollar store sandwiches from Dollar Tree. My dad would grab those chicken sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Those oh, chicken sandwiches and the those. cheeseburgers. They're a buck, dude. And, it's and they amazing. are amazing. And, yeah. And my dad said, don't you want me to cook you a steak or a cheesesteak or something? Like, no, 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 no. I'm going to heat this up go upstairs and start playing video games. But when we are eating those taquitos, we would work our way from the right. My brother would be on the left. He worked his way from the left side in. I worked my way from the right side in on that turkey dinner plate mm-hmm. with all the taquitos lined up around the thing. And you noticed that when you messed up because as slowly you start getting more towards the middle, they would be soggy and cold because and we didn't rotate them in the microwave. <laughs> the only person that did it right was my mom would be like, why don't you guys just heat them in the oven? That takes too long. We're trying to play video games. We're trying to eat taquitos. We're hungry now. We want it now. We want this stuff. She goes, okay, well, let me know when you guys are thinking about eating, and then I'll put them in the oven for you. And she would sit there and rotate them and take care of them that way. It was a giant-ass experience to crisp of that taquito. But we're like, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, it's taquitos. Like, exactly. That microwave microwave it says microwave on the box. You put it in the microwave. For real. Right. Now, if I said, do not microwave, well, I'll probably still try a microwave because, you know, adventurous. <laughs> and everyone's like, they just got on a tangent about microwavable foods, and they totally went off on how the music started off with the kickoff of music inspiration. The podcast started off with this musical inspiration and creative masterpiece. But and now we're argue- or not arguing, just on a tangent wait about for taquitos. It. Wait for it. It's all connected. You know how? Taquitos. Think of it like music. Are you going to be fast and create this jumbled up thing that some that's people are going to like? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it might be hot at, the, hot at the touch, but cold at the essence. Or are you going to go after and take the time to and craft a masterpiece? People that write books and keep and don't even publish it, but just keep looking at it for years and years and years and years. And then next thing you know, they let it out when they finally feel like They've mastered everything. And everyone's like, when's the second edition coming out? Never. That took me 40 <laughs> years to fucking produce. It's like the same thing with a song. You know, 
One night you have this, you get a song written at two in the morning. You get it done written in an hour. But then you keep it on your computer for a year. Keep it on there for two years. Keep it on there for three years. And you just keep adding stuff to it, changing little details, making it into this masterpiece that you eventually release and it's a hit wonder. And people wonder, how long did it take you to make that? Like, can you make another one? I'm looking for the next one. Be like, dude, one and done, bro. Exactly. But it's like heating up taquitos in the oven. You know? It takes a longer time. But it's worth it. Does it taste sweeter? Does it taste better? Does it taste hotter? Does it taste crispier? Whatever you're heating up. Whatever how long it takes. When I don't know how people can marinate their chicken for a day and then eat it the next day for dinner. And then <laughs> I I understand with the whole taste aspect of it. God. It's like the same thing when people say they age wine. It's like, you're going to wait 30 years to open up that bottle? Okay. Uh, well, I apologize. Can that. I fast forward to 30 years, please? Because I would like it now. Exactly. I want to get a little tipsy. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, that's how you got to think of everything. Is artwork worth more when it's been developed longer? Whether it's been, you know, developed and then it, it the guy dies, is it worth more? Obviously. Hey, it happened for Kurt Cobain. Yeah, it's been, it's been proven, but, you know, is music better with age? Is art better with age? Is things better with age? What is it? Or was it, is it like the fact of the process of making it? Is it luck that a guy can make a number one hit song with only a beat that goes bump, 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 and then he's going, I am rapping in this microphone, okay? Is that the age generation where people just, that's what we want? Is that where, is our brain so dumbed down to where we need something like that to make us a number one hit? Or hearing... Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower and that guitar riff. And you're like, God, like I can feel him. He's crying in this song, but it's not cries of pain. It's cries of joy. Yeah, that was and... a cover, right? What? That was a cover. Yeah, but still. It's, like, <laughs> it's still amazing. The fact hell. that he can create that inspirational spark. It's like, shit. Oh, yeah. And he took that song to a whole new world. It's the same thing when I'm talking about podcasting. I love how mine's a mobile recorder, man, because I can go out and get these stories from people. I want to interview someone at a bowling alley at 3 in the morning and hear them. Imagine if I'm at sitting... Have you ever just been somewhere and be like, holy shit, that's, you know, someone famous or something. Like, oh my God, I just ran into him. My uh, teacher I podcasted with on New Year's Day ran into Tracy Morgan in New York on a last minute trip. Like, let's just go to New York. They went up to New York and in a parking garage ran into Tracy freaking Morgan. That is awesome. And shot the shit with him and shot, like got photos and stuff. And then imagine if you're sitting at a bowling alley at three in the morning and whether you're tripping or not. And you see John Goodman. John Goodman, what's up? Or the freaking dude, man. Oh my God. I think I, you know, imagine him you're just a bowling like alley. Jesus came back or something like that. I'd be like, oh, my Messiah. Here's a white Russian. Right on, man. Right on. The dude abides. The dude you know? abides. Or you meet the stranger. The stranger. The guy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the guy who plays uh, the dad in the ranch. Yeah. Oh, shit. I can't remember his name to save my it's life. Sam like, so something. It's Sam something. Sam Elliott. Yeah, there it is. Sam Elliott, like, you know, keep on abiding, dude. And then, like, he's like, all right. And he keeps walking and goes, I didn't like the part where Donnie died. Like, <laughs> that deep voice, like, imagine you ran into Morgan Freeman at freaking Walmart. Hey, I got my podcast recorder on me. I can get that. Or imagine you're having some experience trip or something, and you see the ghost of Kurt Cobain. 
And I, I, I don't want to see the you? ghost of him because what if his you know face isn't like back together? What if you know? Like, all right, all right. Sure if, if, if the spirits are real, it's going to be like the Jedi. I don't think we saw Anakin Skywalker burned up like he was in Darth Vader when he died. But. Hey, man, that's when he you know got back to the good side. You got a very Kurt Cobain, man. He was. A, well, actually, I really think he was murdered, but uh, that's what I see. <laughs> There's a little fishy evidence going on. Mm-hmm. Some, some conspiracy theories we could be throwing out of there. Oh, sorry, I had a call. Aliens invented Egypt, and um, <laughs> Bigfoot is uh, real. He's also a rock star. <laughs> Jack Black made me think of uh, Bigfoot in a whole different way when, he's, oh, yeah, when he had D. Tenacious D, Sasquatch. Yeah, that's, that was a good band, man. They got some good songs. They got that one song, Low Hanging Fruit. That shit's hilarious. Or uh, Kill Bossa. Kielbasa. My Kielbasa sausage has got to perform. And everyone's like, I remember him from School of Rock. Dude, if you listen to his song Double Team, he's talking about banging a girl with his guitar player, Kyle. Oh, Jesus. It is funny as crap. He said, Kyle licks the feet and not go after your mouth. When he starts going, it's like, oh my God. And they made a a one they made a song called Wonder Boy. They made a song called yeah, know, know, Diesel Boss and all that. And then they made the song Lee about their that pizza delivery guy, Lee in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They said, Skinny dipping in a sea of Lee. I want Lee to bend on both knees. Like it's a what it's a freaking popular song. You hit the charts fast. And they got a song called Rise of the Phoenix talking about how people say that the D is done. And it's like, but the D will rise again. It's a double entendre. All about their dick. Exactly. <laughs> they're fighting three-headed dragons and shit in their music video, and they're slowly losing money budgeting in the video. So, like, it becomes a like, really good CGI, and then it becomes like green screen where shit on stage is falling off. Like, you're seeing props and stage mm-hmm. workings, and, all that, and it all gets covered back up and all this stuff. And it's like, it's crazy. Like, it that's inspiration. Like, you know, people that enjoy, like, humor and stuff. Like, I like that late comedy stuff, you know? My Netflix, I always tell everybody, my history is the weirdest thing if you ever saw my history. It's documentaries, like, untold truths of America. Mm-hmm. Then there's, like, The Ranch. And there's Gotham. Then there's, like, all these, like, weird shows. Like, what the hell is he watching at 2 o'clock in the morning? Oh, a comedy special, Joe Rogan or Tom Segura or someone like that. Oh, you're like, talking about the triggered... Uh... Yeah, Joe Rogan triggered. Yeah. Oh, I love that fucking. Or Ron White's special on there. You ever seen um? Look oh, up, yeah, that new one he had. Look up that one's a good one, man. Yeah, He's just... talking about geese and shit. You gotta look up that <laughs> one. And uh, he was talking about like um like guys in um Iraq having all these different wives and stuff. He goes, because uh, girls are so covered in tarps that you can only see out of one fucking eye hole. You gotta marry a whole bunch of them before you know what you're getting under there. I'm like that shit's hilarious. Y'all have you holding your ribs, mm-hmm. and it's like. Dude, I got off the freaking mobile recorder thing again where I'm like, you could be sitting at a table with John Lennon. The guy, um, Christopher Ryan, read a book about someone. This is actually a thing. You can change your genetic biome. Like, if you wanted to get the genetic bio, uh, bio makeup of a hunter, um, you need to, like, flush out your genetic makeup with their genetic makeup. So, like, this, what, this one dude wrote a book about biogenetic makeup where he tried to get the genetic makeup of a hunter by shoving or uh, flushing water up his ass or blasting water up his ass with um, this, Jesus. like, certain type of Africa, gene- like, I think it's a like water type of pollution type thing. It was out in the news recently about it, too, but he wrote a book on it. And he got massively sick and everything. Got like all this stuff because he, he just, just pumped African water up his ass. Yeah, but you got to think when you're in the water and you're swallowing some of it. You know, some of it gets down your throat, whether you like it or exactly, not. Exactly, unfortunately. And um, 
It's like you're getting that, but imagine you did that in Africa. You're going to get a hologenic biome. After a while, you're going to start developing how these people are developing, where their body's not getting certain nutrients are being taken out. Well, he wrote a book on it, mm. and Christopher Ryan was reading the book. Then he goes to Australia, and this is not where the guy who wrote the book was from at all. The guy was from America, where he wrote the wrote the book and everything, yeah, yeah. but he was talking about his experience. Well, the, Christopher Ryan, the guy who read the book, had his mobile recorder on him because he does podcasts. Well, he was sitting at a bar talking about um, this one dude was uh, chugging a shot or whatever. And he's like, oh, you're trying to change your genetic bio and makeup as like a joke. And then the dude's like, oh, and starts laughing. He goes, uh, he goes, oh, you know about biogenetic makeup? And Christopher Ryan goes, yeah, I'm actually reading this book about it. The dude taps him on the shoulder, goes, points to his friend. He goes, my buddy's the one that wrote that book. He goes, what? It was the dude that wrote the book the guy was reading. Oh, shit. He goes, wait a minute. I have one question for you. You blasted African water up your ass? <laughs> and he goes, everyone always says that when they find out I'm the one that wrote the book. And he goes, yeah. And he starts explaining it. But like, the fact that he shot a podcast after that weird encounter, a three-hour podcast, and ended up hanging out with the guy for a couple days. That's the dude was reading his book, and then a month later goes to Australia. And runs into the And runs into the guy. That is freaking amazing. And he had his recorder on him. And it's the same one I'm using right now to record this. Dude, man, you got to carry that thing with you. I'm saying I have a case for it. It's like if it's like something you got you want to keep in your car like a like you know, you keep your wallet in your car so you don't go and spend money on Amazon at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're fucking shopping away. Well, that's the best idea. You get yourself a glass of wine, you can light some candles, and you can go right on Amazon. Dude, and make my shopping cart... <laughs> I gotta show you, I got a shrimp pillow you put around your neck, it's for comfort. I sent it to my mom as a joke for something I wanted for Christmas and she bought it for me. Did I use that shit when I'm laying down, playing games and shit? Everything. It's, it is so handy, and then I'm taking a dump. That thing is so freaking comfortable, you're getting a religious experience with the white porcelain queen in there. Hey man, just don't, you know, sit there too long, next thing you know, that Your damn por- legs are asleep. You try and stand up, and you're hitting face first into the wall. Well, that, and also, you know, hemorrhoids, brother. Don't sit on that queen too long. Oh, dude, I, I probably got the biggest hemorrhoid. I've actually had a hemorrhoid before. It's not fun. Oh, I believe it, man. Luckily, I've never had to deal with a hemorrhoid. Try doing that and then running on the treadmill. Fuck that. Dude, <laughs> I felt like I was holding a bean bag and then like it was popping in between my legs. Like it was hard when your legs. Oh. Were... I don't want to. Ex- I don't want to delve into that. But if you look to your left, you see that turtle lamp. Yeah. Fifty cents at a thrift store. Damn, I actually went to the thrift store and because I actually got up. the same one for my niece for Christmas. It was like 15 fucking bucks at Walmart. And it lights up. Yep. Isn't that nuts? Oh, dude, I love this. And thing. I went to a Hawaiian thrift store and guess what I got? That real conch. You can blow into that. Really? I was in a thrift store in Hawaii. I picked up that for, I think it was like 45 bucks. They have a flea market. It's at the, They have like a, a soccer or football stadium. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bums in Hawaii, mostly oh, because the weather's it. nice and shit. But you see the most beautiful graffiti in Hawaii, dude. I saw so many good, like, revelations. Like, people pay people to paint, like, stuff on their apartment buildings and everything. But I paid, uh, I think my grandma got me that for, like, 40 bucks. That was the one thing she got me. And they got my brother an Amer- uh, a Hawaiian flag for, like, 50 bucks. And Damn. he just wanted something to hang up on his wall. He's got a bunch of the flags. I got flags all in my room, too. But it's like... You can blow into that. I was sitting on our hotel balcony blowing into it and... Uh, like, it was like a tribe call. It does that shit. But you gotta know how to 
like blow into it. Mm, exactly, like, it takes some time and practice. Can't just well, see, there you go. That, that could be your new musical instrument right there, man. I played the melodica. I did not enjoy it because you have to focus on blowing into it and hitting notes at the same time, and you're like, oh my god, especially when you're stoned out of your mind. That shit is so hard, dude. <laughs> see, my problem with marijuana is I got so baked all the time, I had to focus on not dying and then focusing on like, oh yeah, I gotta breathe. Imagine trying to play an instrument when you're that high. You don't know where to put your fingers. You're trying to remember where to put your fingers next to you. know, you got to remember to be breathing at the same time to play the music. Well, you got to figure, I played in the band with you and your brother, and you know how brother gets sometimes. Oh, so. dude, that's where, like, I was trying to keep up with him. I never smoked as much as him. Next thing you know, I'm watching Friday a thousand times on the couch while eating a giant salad bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Fruity Pebbles. And I was skipping school like a mofo. Oh, that, see, the skipping school part ain't cool, but... The whole, you know. All right, I wasn't skipping, but I was fake being sick. Like, parentheses <laughs> on fake. Is that the same thing? I don't know. It got me out. After a while, they were like, you have a hundred absence. It's like, God damn. You got to take the final. I don't know shit that's on the final. Oh, Google, bro. Google. <laughs> Quiz notes, bro. Hey, that works too. But at the same time, he also spent, my brother spent, I think, like five bucks. Picked up an artist I never even knew existed, but I used to watch a TV show all the time. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Really? Will Smith made albums I didn't even know about at really? this age, dude. You really thought that he only did this one song? Oh my god, I knew he like rapped. I didn't know he had an album and we'd yeah. find it in Hawaii for a dollar. And we were listening to it driving around Hawaii. And I remember he's got the one song his grandma yelled at him about that he ended up taking it off and stopped singing it because he said the bitch word in it. He never cusses in his songs, but, but he cussed in his song called You Saw My Blinker, Bitch. <laughs> really Will Smith wrote yes and he's talking about an accident car accident he was in in a 5.0 Mustang where an old lady hit his car he said I was swerving left I was swerving right she was still tailgating me too damn tight to the left lane I tried to switch then you saw my blinker bitch now here's that will be an awesome cover to do Dude, just because that like, song makes you think of Will Smith in a whole new light, exactly. bro. Because I'm used to not hearing, even, you know, parents just don't understand. No, not <laughs> even in a bad way. But he's like, he goes, I get to court. And he goes, he goes, no, it was October the 4th. That's when we got our date in court. You won't believe my face when this lady came in and she was wearing a neck brace. I jumped up. I said, you must be joking. Come on, judge, her neck ain't broken. <laughs> to, and he goes... He goes, um, boy, you're gonna be trouble. Aren't you one of them damn rap singers? Yeah. And then I gave him the finger. Judge hold me contempt of court for giving him the finger and things of that sort. And what the uh, fuck? dude, it's all about this girl. Will like, Smith's trying to go gangster. This old lady comes in after hitting Will Smith in the car accident. She was in trouble, holding her neck. He goes, I was. He goes, but after he got hit, he was like, I jumped out of the car. I was hot, ready to explode. And he goes. Then I looked and I and I saw him or something. He saw the the denture or the lady's dentures got came up and got stuck in the dash. <laughs> and he goes, she started holding my neck, lady. You can't sue. And it's like it's your fault. You caused all this. You saw my blinker, bitch. And he played it to his grandma. And his grandma's like, no, and made him take it off the album. And he never cussed in another song. But I was like. I'm sorry, I haven't listened to that song in years, so it's like I was pulling all that out of my ass. Hey, but it's like, it's dude, so good. his freaking raps, like, oh my god, like that—that that was awesome. Listening to that was like I found like a journal covered in dust. Like I went, whew, like Indiana Jones and 
Temple of the Lost Ark or something like you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Raiders Hell of the yeah. Lost Ark, but blowing the dust off some records and shit. <laughs> that was something I listened to. I was like, damn. See, now when I get back home and everything, I gotta look that up, dude, because that sounds too damn good. Dude, that song, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, everyone. Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Well, I could have told you that all the way back in freaking, you know, elementary school. <laughs> yeah, but like, you hear these songs like shit, like, you know, they're people just like <clears throat> us creating music, and that's an inspirational thing, and I believe, like, if you're taking every step to go towards your goal, and I, dude, I have faith in you 100%. Jack, you know, Ron White didn't get famous until he was in his 50s, man. Oh, hell yeah, dude. So he was well, in his was older age. Thing for he a gave up mm-hmm. and moved to Mexico, and he, you know who pulled him out of it? Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy. You mm-hmm. know, he has his own tequila company called Number Juan Tequila. Ron White does? Ron White. Called Number Juan. (laughs) Now, is that racist? I don't know. A little bit, but I want to taste the racism, I guess. Because that sounds like a good-ass wine. But like I'm saying, you know, like, there are people that, you know, they don't get their start until later in life. And it's like that song by Revolution, Courage to Grow. goes, whether you're at the age of 40, I hope you find the courage to grow. Exactly. Because you're all going to find whatever it is, whether it's now or later. Hopefully it's sooner than later, but, you know... Stick with it, because life gets better, and, you know, I, I I can see you, even if you're not, if you don't want to get famous off music, man, I, I enjoy seeing you play, dude. When I play with you, I, even though I don't really go out to a lot of live concerts anymore, man, I'd love to come out and see you some night. Now that I'm 21, I can do that. Exactly. You know, I walked in the bar the other day thinking they were going to ask me for an ID. Didn't even bother checking your ass. It wasn't even that. Like, I didn't even, I went to a bar that was an all-ages concert, and I'm like, I haven't even been to an all-over 21 yet. Well, I can go to a 21 whenever I want. And I go to the bar and ask for a drink. He goes, yeah, what do you want? I'm like, can I get a Diet Coke? And he goes, okay. And I'm like, and also look at your alcohol selection. I don't drink. Yeah, so. so he's like, looks at me, okay, and just hands me the menu. And I'm like looking at him, I'm like, oh, okay. And he probably would have asked me an ID if I would have asked to buy one. But like nothing looked fancy or I was just looking, to you. like, shit. Like, I, I don't plan on drinking. I don't enjoy that. You know what I mean? I don't need that to have fun at a concert like a lot no, of people no. do. I'm not saying it doesn't give it the extra little, like, a little story. More fun. The experience is like when you take a road trip with your band and you know the bus tire gets flat and you're broke down for three days. That's a freaking story. You know, you're going to hate your life then trying to make it to that gig. But once you know it's all over, like a year's past or something, you're going to be like, damn. Remember that time we were all driving down? And you know, the swell folks talking about, we were driving in Virginia, got stuck there for three days. And there was this guy named Carter who was like, a, it was, you know, like in the back country. Like you didn't know what technology was. And like Carter, like, was the weirdest guy, creepiest dude in the world, thought they were going to get killed, and they're stuck They're stuck there for three days with their band broke it down, missed out on their gig and stuff. They laugh about it now, but they weren't laughing then. It's like Those are those experiences you develop with your band. Same thing with writing a process of music. I believe we all need our human connection in this world, so it's not completely, even if you're comfortable being introvert, you still got to be at a point where you got to find a way to connect to people because we all need that connectivity. Amen to that, bro. So the word to end this on is don't be an asshole. Be a positive person even if someone's an asshole to you. It's same thing. Bob Marley, you know. We all got to love each other. One love, bro. One love. Thanks for being on the podcast, Nick. Thank you for having me on, Nate. brother. It's been an experience. I said Nick. No, damn, man. You call me Nick now. Nate Bowers. <laughs> Nate Bowers, a wonderful musician who has murder the element tattooed on his arm. So whenever he puts his arm up in the thinking position, it's for you to see. So, you know, it scares the shit out of you. Now, he's a wonderful guy and a great guitar player. And I I can't wait to actually go see him perform in a bar scenario where I can sit down 
and be able to enjoy and relax. A body first drink. Flick off the. I haven't even had that yet, right? And I've been on twenty one for almost a month now. Hey man, I got you. <laughs> right on. All right, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Thank you, brother.